Welcome to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Immigrant Stories is a live show where we mix two very different styles of storytelling. We have true stories told live on stage by immigrants from all over the world who have uprooted their lives and moved to Sweden. We mix those stories with improvised theater. What makes this show unique is the storyteller donates their story to the show and actually contributes themselves as the main character in our improvised long-form performance. So they literally choose an actor who will play them, and when their story ends, we improvise the rest of their life. And this has just been a thrilling mix of storytelling. Now, improv is really best seen live in the moment, However, these true stories can live on, and that's why we have this podcast, to really share these stories with the world and hope they make us feel a little bit more connected. I'm Josh Len, and I'll be joined by other members of our improv ensemble, and you'll hear us backstage after the show reflecting on these stories and how they touched us emotionally in order to bring them to life. If you're an immigrant living in Sweden and you have a story to tell, Get in touch with us at International Theatre Stockholm. Let's get into the stories. Our first storyteller actually told a story at a previous show, and we loved him so much we brought him back for this show. From Madras, India. He's been living in Sweden for 6.26 years. Let's hear it for Raman Ramalingam. Hi. That was all the instructions I had. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Raman Ramalingam. Uh, so the story, here we go. So when I moved to Sweden, actually back in 2010, uh, so I spent a couple of years in France. That's why it's like 6.262 years. Uh, so in 2010, when I moved to Sweden, all my buddies back in India uh, are always curious. They're always like, how is the Swedish society? And more importantly, this is always happens between colored community. How do they treat you? It's another question that follows up. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Swedish society is like huge. Where do I start and where do I end? It's, I don't know the whole Swedish society. All I know is just my little world. So when I, when I think about it every time, I imagine something like this. And that is, if we take the tiniest slice of a society, that would probably be the bunch of people who would be traveling with us in public transport. So anytime we take uh, a metro or Pendletog or a bus, the, the people who travel with us between this point A to point B, it's a small slice of the society. And I think it's a beautiful representation of the society that we live in or I live in. So wherever I'm traveling, wherever I'm living, the kind of people that I travel with in public transport is kind of a representation of that community. And to give you the, a sweet example, in India, when I was uh, doing my undergrad uh, college, I used to take a public bus every day from my home to the school. Uh, and I would say that public bus that I always took is a representation of the society that I lived in back in India, in southern part of India, Madras, Chennai. So in India, it's gender segregated, which means in a bus, the left side of the bus is for the women, and the right side of the bus is general. Anybody can sit there. So it's for both men and women on the right side. On the left side, it's specifically for women. So at around 
40% of the bus or 30 to 40% of the bus will be segregated especially for women who want to sit there. It's only for women. And the rest of the bus is general, shared for both men and women. So ignoring all the most crowded peak hours, which means every day in ev around the world, I would say, uh, there is no point in understanding cultures if we go on morning 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock in a bus because it's around the world, everybody who's working is going to be crowded. And every crowded bus around the world is going to look almost the same. Uh, with different intensity of the crowd. That's all you can vary. So what is beautiful is when it's not so crowded, when every single person who comes into this public transport have a variety of options on where they can sit, that's when the drama happens. <laughs> and in India, like I said, since the left side is, is for women or girls and the right side is general, most of the time when I sit on the right side uh, during non-peak hours in the, in, the, in the strip to my university or school, uh, I would be sitting either with another man in the peak hours or non-peak hours, or it would be an empty seat when I'm traveling. So in those empty times, there could be a possibility that some girl from my same school who has seen me somewhere in my school or class somewhere where we haven't really talked much, she would look at me and she might decide to either sit on the women's side, but on a bright day when I'm lucky, she might choose to sit with me. And that's special. The reason that's special is, in my mind, it's like the girl could have perfectly completed her trip from A to B, sitting on the girl's side, but she chose to sit with me, and that's an extension of trust. Some kind of acceptance, and some kind of, or at least in my brain, romantic interest, if they are <laughs> young and beautiful. So that's, that's an example of how things work in India. And I came to Sweden, and I had still had my Indian brain in 2010 when I came here as a new person. And I was traveling in Tunnelbana in a less crowded times. And a beautiful girl comes and sits next to me. <laughs> I was like, game on. <laughs> and the next step in the game is, of course, the girl makes the first move as she comes and sits next to you. As the guy, your next move is to make an eye contact and smile. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that might sound easy in the rest of the world. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the next 15 minutes was the worst cat and mouse game where I tried to catch the eye contact of this girl sitting next to me. And from a, for a person looking from the distance, it would have looked like a synchronized dance where my head is moving constantly in direction to catch her eye, and she's like, it's like moving away. And before I could win this race, she won it, I believe, and she got down in the next stop. Now thinking back, maybe that was not her destination. She just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I pretty soon learned about all the gender equality in, in Sweden. But still, this, this incident kind of opened a Pandora's box. It's like I bit the forbidden fruit. And I'm going to see everything from now on. Because uh, the story moves in the next phase where I moved to a place called Sul Sidan. So immigrants may not have known about this neighborhood. It's kind of an interesting neighborhood if you want to Google that shit. Uh, so I moved to Sul Sidan. And I, every day from then on for the past three years, I take this train called Salshabaran. Banan, which goes all the way from Sul Sidan to a place called Hendriksdal. Now, folks, this, this, this is like a 20-minute train ride, and it's predominantly white Swedish neighborhood. 
except one stop, which is Fisk Satra, which is a diverse immigrant neighborhood. Except that single neighborhood, all the rest are super Swedish. So this 20-minute train ride every single day made me always concentrate and focus, especially on the less crowded times. So when I say less crowded times in Sweden, it's like this. So the train has these, all these four seaters, right? Like two seats in, uh, where you sit and two seats opposite to you. These four seats is like a section. And where one person is sitting in each of these sections. That's how less crowded it is. And so from then on, everybody who gets into the train should have to choose to travel with somebody. <laughs> and from this point on, I, I, I'm always observant on who chooses to sit with me. And what is interesting is 50% of the time, my seat could probably be one or two seats that's always left empty. So people would choose always some other seats to sit. And remaining times around, in the remaining 50% around 80% of the times, it's going to be another brother from Fisk Satra. <laughs> another colored guy who comes and sits just in, in my seats. So I begin to, as I begin to focus more on this consistently, I always think, is this, is this, so if in this slice of society that I'm traveling with, uh, is this the reality that either I'm left alone to travel or I travel with another immigrant, uh, a colored immigrant? Uh, and that always is a question I ask and I get anxious. Every time a Swede walks by uh, in the train, I always look whether the Swede would choose to sit with me and travel with me, but it happens very rarely. But in a way, it makes it sweet because very rarely when the day is good and everything is bright, a Swede, even though there are other options, would choose to sit with me. And boy, I won't make an eye contact. <laughs> Not again. But I would turn to the window, give a smile to the world, because for me, that's one foot closer to the society I travel with that accepts me as their co-traveler. End of story. <laughs> Let's get into Rahman's story. Rahman is so yeah. awesome, we haven't come yeah. back yeah. Yeah. two times in uh, three weekends, so... Um. Yeah. yeah, his story was great, so... Mm. Are you Josh? Yeah. You became Rahman. He chose, he chose you. Again. Again, yeah. Yeah, he chose me the, twice. It was such an honor, and I mean, I was so excited. I, was, I looked at him, I'm like... Can't choose me again. And then he's like, Josh, again. I was like, <laughs> Yes. Because uh, it. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that he, uh, you know, really talked about this in an honest way. And he really paid attention how, like, people uh, who are Swedish, like white Swedes, often mm. don't choose to sit next to him mm. when they have options. Mm. Um, and I think this is a brave story to tell. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, it was really interesting to hear him after the show say how many people in the audience came up to him and they said, I know that experience. Mm -hmm. I have the same experience. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, I, I think Swedes are not like, maybe it's some unconscious bias. I don't think they're like, oh, it's an Indian man. I'm not going to sit next to him. I don't, I don't think that necessarily. Uh, there's a lot of loaded different issues in this, but I love the fact that he put it out there and I love yeah. the fact that we actually get to see it yeah. on stage. Yeah, we did a funny little scene. Yeah, because once his story ended, for those of you uh, who don't really understand the concept of the show or weren't there, we then play Ramon and improvise his life, and we really went to this subway scene uh, and played it. And Yeah. Um, mm. I, I think, I mean, when you heard his story, you, you get a picture, but <laughs> that, that first scene we did, uh, I uh, just was a... Swedish dude who came was sitting uh, right against Ramon, and immediately when I saw you as Ramon, I I I went away. Uh, yeah. Keep searching. But when I did that, it felt even more like, oh my god, <laughs> mm. this is uh, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was so bad. It was horrible because you were like on a phone call, not paying attention. You sat down and mm. you looked at me, and you're like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, and then you left. And I yeah. think people mm. do that like mm. all the time. Mm. <laughs> it's the same thing, and without thinking about it, it's just how it is. Yeah, and uh, I, I got to thinking, have I, have I done that? Uh, like unconsciously yeah. made that choice because that With is probably, probably often the way yeah, yeah. that mm. it is uh, you don't think that no one will notice this no no but not by i don't mean that i stepped on the subway and said oh jesus christ and mm. a colored person i don't want to sit now not but in a subconscious way yeah. if there's a, a available seat that hasn't that kind of... I, I don't know. I don't, have I done that? I, I, I don't know. Have I? Yeah. She's lived in Sweden two years, one month, and one week. But who's counting? So let's give a warm welcome to Deborah Costa Shazanaz. And first, I'm really happy that you said my name right. You nailed that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I came from Brazil, and I, I moved here in September, so you can see that he counted right. It's exactly plus one month. And be, but I knew that I was going to move to Sweden, like maybe on July and August, so I had some time to, re to research about Sweden. Like, ah, let, let me check. Okay, they're silent. Check. Uh, it's going to be cold. Okay, uh, in Sao Paulo, it can get cold, like 13 degrees. But, uh, okay. <laughs> positive. Positive 13 degrees. That's important. Uh, Fika, remove the shoes. Like, I have everything. Okay. And also, uh, gender equality, which is, uh, that's amazing. I shouldn't even worry about that. Like, that's good news. And gender equality comes with shared bathrooms, 
which I, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I, I think it's nice. Because in, in Brazil, it's usually uh, you have the female bathroom and the male bathroom. Even if it's just one cabin, uh, and if you have like 3,000 women lining up, it's don't use the male bathroom. Like, I'm from Aquarius, I don't like rules. So I use the male bathroom, and then Brazilians like, oh, why are, what are you doing? Like, they really tell you, don't use the male bathroom. No, that's it. But Sweden's not like this, so that, that's nice. I, I'm gonna fit things just right. Nobody will tell that I'm not Swedish because I have this method out. <laughs> so then I went with some friends to do some climbing. And some friends I'm not gonna name them, but they are maybe here in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> not pointing, but yeah, maybe. Uh, and then I, it was uh, on December, like arrived on, on September here, so some months in December. It was already cold. I had lots of clothes that I don't need to wear in Brazil, like jackets and jackets and scarves and the beanie and, and socks and socks and boots. And then I went for climbing. And they said on the reception, ah, you can go to the dressing room and, and leave your things there. Okay. So I, I saw one door, the dressing room, let's go there, and it's full of men. I'm like, well, Sweden, right? <laughs> okay, let's get ready. <laughs> Let me. No, I'm happy to say I didn't get naked there. <laughs> this I did in another occasion, but it's not a story, so. But then I, I'm there, and the men, they're acting weird, or like I thought maybe they're just like Sweden. Yeah? So they're just staring at you and going as far from you as you can, but not really saying anything. Like they're just, just. And I'm like, okay, let me put all my things on the locker and let's go climbing. And so weird, there's no women around. Like maybe it's not popular among women to go climbing. And then I, I left the dressing room, I, I left all my things there, I, and I went to do the climbing, and there's so many women. Where were they? Like, <laughs> maybe they all agreed to arrive at a certain time, like, leave all your stuff and then go climbing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then do all the climbing, oh, let's leave now, let's go get all our things out of the, the um, dressing room. And then I see all the women going somewhere else, in another door. Uh, isn't that one? No? It's not the same one here? Like Swedish gender equality? No? I said, uh, no for dressing rooms. I, ah, okay. <laughs> so then one of my friends, she, she, like, we had a, a, a Swedish guy with us in the group. She said, ah, okay, so let's do like this. You go there, you get my things, and nobody needs to know that I did that, okay? And he said, no. <laughs> No, but uh, what, how come no? Like, you have to do that. I can't go there again. Like, now they're definitely going to say something. Like, they won't just stare at me. <laughs> say, like, just get out, girl. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But I said, no, you can do it. So then I grabbed my girlfriend. Like, okay, come with me. Because at least I'm not going to be the only crazy one. We're going to be a pack of <laughs> crazy women <laughs> occupying this dressing room. And then I, yeah, then I got everything and, and run. But, uh, but now, like today, even they are dressing. They're, they're, it's just one. It's not female and male. So I, I keep believing it's not my fault. You know, like <laughs> it's just that Sweden could be more organized on this to make it easier. <laughs> but that, and that's my story. <laughs>
So, uh, Katrina, Deborah chose you to play her. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, what went through your mind when you heard her story? Mm, um, what went through my mind? Um, I, I, I loved her story. I thought it was really good, uh, really fun. And just the, the, you know, the whole thing about, like, you read up about Sweden and and there's gender equality and then you expect so much more that you can, that you have mixed fitting rooms, um, not fitting rooms, <laughs> uh, changing rooms. Um, so uh, I like that. I like that idea of like uh, that you you know that you see Sweden as this liberal country. Um, Overall, and uh, you know, there are some things about Sweden which aren't liberal at all. Yeah. Like you don't have mixed changing rooms. Mm. And you don't smoke weed. No. You don't smoke weed. No, you don't. No, it's shit. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. <laughs> How did you get smoking weed out of that story? <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Mm. Well, it's obvious. Uh, no, but um, I, I think that's the, what, what do you associate with uh, a country being really open and progressive and, uh, um, you know, like I think Sweden is on a lot of levels, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that there are, uh, you know, that uh, it's liberal in every, every sense. No, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny that in one way she she was thinking that the, the, it was uh, men and women in the same changing uh, room that is Swedish for her. Uh, but when the men acted so strangely <laughs> and moved away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was also, oh, there's the yeah. Swedish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and she was, yeah, yeah. She was totally cool about it. Yeah, that. but it was so strange that, that oh, those yeah. people that move away <laughs> and don't look at her, yeah. they want, they want yeah. the, 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 the changing rooms mm. that, yeah. that both women and it's not the same people, right? <laughs> They're just being Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> so because she had read about that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Swedes are silent. Yeah. Why does Swedes yeah. want that kind of changing room? Yeah. When they act like that. Yeah. <laughs> when they're really We're... awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to Immigrant Stories, the podcast. Our show is still running. We have one more show this Friday, December 7th. And we have more podcasts that will be hitting soon. Stay connected with us. Our website is internationaltheater.se. Theater spelled the American way. And we're on Facebook at International Theater Stockholm. We're on Instagram as well at It's Stockholm. Stay connected. Uh, The improvisers you heard on this are Veronica Karlstein, Katrina Wahlberg, Mikke Blomqvist and Olav Hagmark and me, Josh Lamb. See you soon!